Somebody said the football's a matter of life and death to you. I said, listen, it's more important than that. Would Tramie be fighting it as hard if they were 15th in the league? Not for me, Clive. You know, you've got Sunderland, Portsmouth and Ipswich in our league now, in League One. They're massive clubs. Not for me, Clive. Because it will come back around, there will be something that will benefit other people as well. Not for me, Clive. Start as you mean to go on, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Not For Me Clive, a man-marking production. I'm joined, as usual, by the two sexiest fellas in podcast land. It's Anthony Olsen, it's Ryan Pulford. Ryan, how are we? I'm good, mate, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get used to being called sexy every week. Every week. You. Every know, week. Look, I just want to, you know what I mean? I'm just sat here with you two fellas <laughs> twice a week, and it, I, for one, I'm loving it. I feel like the listeners should be here. Witnessing this because it's glorious. Ryan's had a little trim. He's looking excellent. I've had a little trim, yeah. And he's yeah. looking excellent, isn't he? Ant? He does. He always looks. I feel excellent. like we, we're all looking pretty. You know, we've all come out of lockdown. Do you want a compliment? I'd like one. That'd be enjoyable. I feel like his missus is upstairs listening to this. Going, he told me this was about football. Like, what's, what's <laughs> going on? Why is he calling him too fat? Sexy. I mean, let's be honest. Today we're here to talk about masculinity. Masculinity amongst football fans. Now, is it not? You know, incumbent on us as 21st century men, as modern men of today's society, to, to encourage this complementary nature between us. That's a good source of masculinity, isn't it? I'm trying to work out what incumbent means, so you can go fair track. Um... He used to play for Senegal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we'll move on. We'll go on to our first subtopic. So today, the, the, the overarching discussion point for us is about masculinity and football fandom. Yeah. And we've each kind of picked a little subtopic each to, to discuss and dissect amongst us. So, Ant, I'm going to start with you. You want to discuss fan culture? Yeah, so you obviously you've got fan culture, you've got a bit of... I was more looking along the lines of, when I was a teenager, the, the one thing that I, I liked and loved was football. And I didn't realise this until looking back how much it gave me. So, you've got the... Going to match and seeing what everyone wears and seeing mm. what everyone listen, uh, hearing what everyone listens to. Yeah. I think those as a, those things as a teenager is absolutely massive, and more so as a man as well. And you know, you you're growing up through puberty and and adolescence, and it's quite a a difficult time. And I think the only other areas that you learn those things of how to be a lad and how to be a man are in school, and they're very yeah. much dominated by the loudest ones. Um, who were in there so I think when you go to the football it gives you that little escape to see what like you know the, the cool kids are doing and it might lead yeah. you down the wrong path sometimes but more often than not I think it, personally I think it's it's gone for uh, it's a good thing as well so you know I mean I've walked in here with Adidas trainers the only reason I like Adidas because I go to football so yeah. it's um, even little things like that and, and listening to music and stuff I think we're all fans of Jelly Cinnamon and that's come from yeah. It feels very football fanish. Yeah, it, and that's come from that environment. So, um, you know, I haven't been to a, a concert of his as well, which is was amazing. I think <laughs> I don't think we can tell the story of Ryan that night, but um, yeah, not well. <laughs> yeah, he not well. Through no. through them, he did. Yeah. yeah, did very well. But even that, you look at that, and it's the same sort of. If you could have, if you would have said, describe what the people would wear in that room that night. 
you would have been able to do it. One and, it and it would have been very similar to like Kugel's shorts yeah. on. Well, it was like an away match. It was, that's yeah. what it was yeah, like. It was, it was yeah. like an, I think that's why we enjoyed it so much because yeah. it was like an away you match. You get to act like a fan. In, well, yeah. You are a fan of the music, but you act like you're at a football game. Oh, yeah. very much so. And I think that what's really interesting about, about football and about football fandom, which is... And, and again, this is from a perspective of someone who, who I'm not a, a cricket fan or a rugby fan. I don't really follow any other sports in any great detail. Good for you. Thanks for sharing. Well, that's it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, 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 ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Um, but no, I, I think football has like a subculture to it that is different than you get in other sports. Absolutely. I mean, you look at what the biggest one of the biggest bands in the world, Oasis, intrinsically linked with Man City all the time. Yeah. Um, and but I think football in general, I think yeah, that's like it's that yeah. lad culture thing, isn't it, from the nineties? I think you can walk down the street and you go, you look at it, you look at a lad and you go, oh, he probably goes and match him because yeah, yeah, yeah. Match. that's the shout though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. it? It's not he's a football fan. It's he goes to match. Yeah, and I think that's more more so evident when you you go abroad as well. We all know how, <laughs> how our um, aisle of people <laughs> act abroad occasionally, but it, obviously you get the negative of that, but. When you see people going abroad, you're like, oh, well, I'll dress like them and I'll, I'll, I'll do what they do. And it, it, you know, as I say, it works bad and it works good. So. But I think that comes back down to a thing that we've spoken about a number of times, which is like belonging and identity, isn't it, Absolutely, massively? Yeah. And I don't know if, either, I mean, obviously, we, we've said it a few times, we're all Tramia fans. And in the last, I'd say, maybe three or four years, but certainly the last two, two years, the kind of subculture of Tramia has really become almost sit alongside the actual football itself is one of the things that we like about going to match. I mean, like, so you've got looks at robot tops, you've got mm. stuff down the tent. There's things like that that are kind of, I don't know, they feel very unique to Tramia and they feel like they're kind of a separate entity from the football side of it and it gives you that thing of, like, you'd only understand if you were a Tramia fan and that sense of belonging, I think, is really important. Well, I think that that's taken off in every club now as well. I mean, you see, even though likes a podcast and stuff, you've got your own personal one that you can pick out and, yeah. and listen to. And I think the the fashion as well has, has taken off dramatically. There's loads of, the ease of being able to do it and create these t-shirts and mugs and coasters yeah. is more so than ever before. And they're probably doing better, particularly for the smaller teams, doing better than the club shops. I mean, when we went down to Southampton to see uh, Carl Anker and they had the old retro tops, the, Sand- oh, they were good, the Sanderson they? ones, they were, I was going... Good. Why haven't we got this? This is what we want. This is exactly what yeah. what football fans have said. Even your need. top now, that culture, that a lot of football fans. Yeah, yeah. It is that sort of South American essence well, it, of it, isn't it? Like yeah. craft yeah. ales and those yeah. type of yeah. things that have just come in the well, last few years. I think it's massive. I think that whole, as I say, that kind of subculture of the the clothes, the craft ale, the music, the trainers, the trainers is a massive thing. Mm. I think it's huge about creating an identity and creating a sense of belonging. I think it protects you as well, doesn't it? I mean, oh, massively. particularly when you when you start off as a as a child going to the football. Obviously, you're not going to be able to afford most of the the stuff that I'm wearing right now. You are protected because oh, he goes to match him, so he's sad. Yeah, or he, he's one know, of us. He's one of us, so it doesn't matter who he's wearing. It doesn't matter what he looks like. He's one of us. And then as you grow older, it it gives you this identity, and you you kind of stand out as well. You know how many times we see people going and. Wearing big bright yellow jackets, you wouldn't wear that in a, in a normal environment. In a football match, yeah, you would because you want to stand out and you want to want to have that identity of your own. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think then on the percentage of people who wear that because they want to be seen to wear it as opposed to they genuinely like it? I think 
I think they genuinely like it. I think the. I think there is. A, I think there's. It's a difficult one. I don't think you can put any kind of tangible figure on it. But I do think that I do think there is a massive element of being seen to be involved in it. I think that is a part of it, and 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 not wanting to appear not to be in it. If you yeah. see what I mean. So it's like. If you know, if I wear this, if I buy a Stone Island jacket, I'll be accepted within a group of lads. You know, it, it, you know, it, I think that there's a big part of that as well, and I do think a crucial way that we've all kind of said here a number of times is, he goes the match, he does that. It's 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 quite a, a man's thing to be like wanting to be in like a club, like a gang almost, isn't it? I think the there are movements away from that as well, though. I mean, football's getting more inclusive; it's taken a mm. long time. But there's more uh, clubs. You got Rover and Out. Um, there's a few others. Was like Stonewall. Yeah, FC Stonewall like FC, and 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 I think there's an Arsenal one. that has got a really good name, and I can't think of most, it. Most most football clubs now have got some kind of LGBTQ plus or you know LGBT yeah. whatever it might be faction to their support. And we've got the Justin Fashion new episode which coming out next week, mm. which kind of touches on some of those elements. But you are right. That is. So I think that there is a, a move away from that, and I think that's good. And I think masculinity is changing. Every day, in, in you know, if you want to consider football not normal society, normal society masculinity's changed. It's, it's becoming a little bit more difficult to navigate your way as a man and and going through it. Certainly, men of particular ages, and it's it's becoming a a difficult thing to to deal with. And I think football's actually giving more people a voice to go and, and deal with it and say, "Look, you still you still accepted it. You want to come to match? You still accepted." Yeah. And, and there's, there's room for you and there's room for you and there's room for you. And I, I think that's a, a really good thing. And I think even the cultures around that, you know, your music and your ale and your your fashion, they're becoming uh, more inclusive of everyone. Yeah. Which I think is is, is really good. And as much as, as much stick as we like to give football uh, and football fans, and it, it's all, you know, Little Englanders and Knuckle Jaggers and whatever you want to call them, anything that's been in the Daily Mail... I mean, you've got to accept that football's actually trying to change it to yeah, which I think is really good. Well, I think one interesting thing that you touched on there, which was something that I went back and had a look at today, was we interviewed Kelly Wells, didn't we, a, a, a month or so back, and she wrote an article partway through lockdown, which is about how mental health doesn't discriminate, but people discriminate about who's allowed to have mental health. And it was that thing that you'd mentioned a few times, around about the fact that football wasn't there for people was massive in people's kind of day-to-day in their weekly life and what was having a big impact on their well-being. But it was almost like, oh, it's only football when you're bothered about kind of thing. Whereas as you just demonstrated there massively, people rely on it so much for kind of their social structure and their self-esteem as being part of that group, as it giving them some meaning to their week. Yeah, definitely. I think we said it this, when we first started the podcast and lockdown kicked in that we miss going to match more than we miss the match. And it, it's, it's exactly that. Um, the lads I go to the match with, I've seen you two because of the podcast. Apart from that, I, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen them in nearly six months. It, it's crazy when you think about it. So sometimes growing up, the, the six weeks holidays of our football, that eight-week period, whatever it is, that felt like a long time. And this has just been weird, hasn't it? It's been really, really weird. And I think... If you've had a terrible week in work and you've got that one thing at the weekend to look forward to, and it doesn't matter how old you are, if you're a male, female, you're an adult, you're a child, you look at it for different reasons. So if you're a married man, it might be that that's your one thing you do a week. Some people have golf, some people have the match. If you're a young kid, you've been talking about it all week in school with your friends. It, it, could, it could be absolutely anything. And I think 
people don't realise that the importance of that isn't always on the result itself. It, it, it's that it's social it? element, yeah, it's that's that going the match. And for us, like we talked about Tram, yeah, for years I just turned up at 10 to 3, left at quarter to 5 and that was it. But the last few years it's been get there at 1 o'clock, who's meeting for a pint, stay after the game. And it, it becomes almost that one thing in the week that you really look forward yeah. to. So I think, and also going back to kind of the original part of the conversation would be, we'll go for a pint in a tent, yeah, and then we'll go in a tent afterwards. And that's our thing at Tramway is the trust tents. But every club will have their own fans, will have their own yeah. place. You know, we've got a particular affinity with ours because of because it's ours, and everyone will have their same thing. And it's very like we have yeah. to go to tents. We need if we're going for a pint, we're going in the tent. When you go to away games, you you, you pick up on other people's version of what the tent is. So yeah. I think we went to Newport. It was like a random bar in the ground. It was yeah. fantastic. Uh, I think we went to York a few seasons ago. There, the social club attached to the club. It's not just so much the lads who go the game; it's the community as well. That you have some amazing people. I think there's a close bank down at Tranmere that um, that does a lot of good work. There's the, the cafe in the trust tent. I think Neo Community. It all the money of that goes to charity. So there's an amazing amount of initiatives that come out of football. That when you take the football away, you didn't realize how important. Just every week at Tranmere, there's a new charity and everyone will go in they'll give a pound on the way yeah. in or and those things that they matter to people and football we've we haven't said the word vehicle in about six episodes but i used to always <laughs> say it. it is a vehicle for a lot of good things to happen um conduit exactly oh, conduit. God, <laughs> start that again well just to move the conversation on slightly then and one thing that i kind of wanted to touch on a little bit which you know we, we've had a couple of positive things that you can get from going to football going to match you know being part of that community one negative aspect, which you just briefly touched on before, and was about kind of the way people, football fans, maybe behave, particularly with England fans abroad. Do you think that your behaviour changes at the football to how it probably would do in the rest of your sort of day to day life? And as a secondary question to that, I can see you're already smiling at. As a secondary question to that, do you think that's intrinsically linked to some kind of pumped up idea of masculinity? I don't. I'd absolutely say my, my behaviour is completely, not completely different, but I'm allowed to voice it a bit more. I'm allowed to get a bit more frustrated and show that Yeah. at the football. Um, more often than not, it is just because the football's not very good or there's a decision <laughs> that has not gone our way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be able to go into work and, and act in the same way. Um, you know, say if you, your boss makes a bad cup of tea, like, you know, start chatting wanker wanker, wanker. <laughs> can't, I can't do that I get sacked so um, second question I don't I don't really think so I don't so think it's, it's a, because I need to be a, do you a, think you would behave differently if you took Hannah to the game every week um, yeah but that you know, yeah yeah yeah, obviously, because I'm. I, it's it's a completely different element of that. But yeah. I don't think it's because I'm. I need to be seen as a a big man or anything or yeah. swinging me dick around or anything like that. I don't think it's because of that. I just think it's because I've got an uh, an area where I, I suppose it, it's accepted that you are going to get a bit angry. You are going to get a bit frustrated. But on the other side of that, those angers and frustrations are what we like about the game. So the passionate fans in South America mm. are what everyone loves. Yeah. River Plate and and Boca knocking seven shades out of each other before the game starts isn't. Yeah. So I think there are complete differences. You know, we all like... But the, I suppose would it be like... Tear gas in a box isn't good. Because I think we've all been, and I'd certainly say 
you know, you've just said to yourself that I'd certainly say I've been guilty of it as well as shouting things at the mass and I just think. And then later on, you, you just think like, oh God, like, oh God, why did I say that? And you think, there's no other context I would have said that. Same question then to you, right? Do you think your behaviour is different at the mass and do you think that's linked into any kind of sort of wanting to, you know, am, being a man? That type I am of 100% different at the match. 100%. Yeah, you're funny at the match, huh? <laughs> <laughs> No, but in all honesty as well, you, you bounce off each other and you get each other riled up. I don't think you can... We've sat here before and talked about people crying at football and how much it means to them when you get promotion. You can't have something that gives you that much satisfaction that doesn't work the other way. There's nothing in but life... the emotions are strong, aren't Yeah, they? there's nothing in life you can get unbelievably overwhelmingly happy with but it can't possibly make you unbelievably sad. It's like loving someone and losing them, isn't it? It's mm. the same with football. It can't be one way. Um, so. But do you think that part of that is? Because there has been lots of studies done about the way that men and men behave together, men and women and women and women, and, and, and those type of mixtures, the way people, the, the different sectors impact yeah. one another's behaviour. And there is, there was something I was reading before that uh, around the fact that sort of, because masculinity is quite precarious, and apparently the way that it, that it kind of presents itself is that, it often needs to be proved that you're masculine because of the kind of hunter-gatherer nature yeah. that we've come from. The, 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 the kind of default setting is to always prove you, that you're masculine. You have to prove your masculinity. Whereas femininity, you don't, it is not as, it's not as an outward thing that needs proven. Yeah. So do you think that there's maybe that thing of, because as we touched on before, the subculture, the fan culture, you're in this group, you're in this gang, these are all your mates, they're all your people you've then got to prove that you belong in that environment and prove it by... Yeah, I by think so. And you want to prove it to the opposition as well and the away fans. I mean, I've been I've been on train station platforms at 16 and I walk back now and think, there's another set of fans on the other side. No one's going to run at them stupid set of stairs and start throwing punches. No. But you both stood there going, come on then, come on. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking, I don't even know him. He hasn't, he's never done, he could be a lovely lad. He's probably going to go home, have a roast with his family and we're, and we're screaming at each other, but you just do it and you get taken in by it. And as I've got older, I like to think I, I don't do it as much. Um, but it, it it's hard to not, to not like egg each other on. Like, how many times have we had it where one person on the road shouted something in the 60th minute because the game's not going as planned and you're Calm down. Seventieth minute, there's two of you shouting, and then by the ninetieth, the the keepers taking ages over a goal kick, and you all up in arms yeah. screaming, aren't you? Like everyone does it, but see, I I think that's different because that's that's in a game. I think that that's fine to to do that in a game when a keeper. Do you genuinely though? Is that like yeah, I, like I'm not saying I disagree yeah. with you, but I do as a genuine point. Do you I, have, do you look back and think look, I wish I didn't feel the need to do that? I wish I could go and not do that because I used to go before I went with you lads. I went with me dad. Yeah. And because the way my dad behaves at the game, because... It's bad now, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, we told you it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, because of the way my dad behaved at the game, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be up. And because I was sat in the main stand as well, rather than the cops, it's a different environment in there. But I certainly feel my behaviour is influenced by being sat with you lads. And I, part of me, I'm with you, there is something quite cathartic about <clears throat> giving something when you're at the... Giving that, even if it's just as a release but I do think I, I wish I wasn't shouting at another human being this way because this doesn't feel acceptable we've, we've often stood there and gone oh imagine that referee going home to his family and going oh how was your day love oh yeah it was okay but he all come here wanker for five minutes <laughs> and it, it, there is that kind of element too but as I said I think if you're in the parameters of the game obviously there are levels where you can go to and obviously there's levels that some fans pretty much throughout 
the whole time football's been played have gone to and it's been not very good it's been quite disgraceful really mm. um, but I do think there is still an element where you can shout at a goalkeeper to do you think it's amped up, hurry up by like that whole like that social media thing of being like being seen to be you know like that that whole thing of being like I've, you know, somebody shouted something, so I've got to go to the next extreme and shout the next thing and, and the next thing. I think it's thing. difficult because I think it's always existed. It's existed pre-social media. We just see the best and the worst of it now on social media. Yeah, so you see everything from them, the, the like tens of thousands of fans in South America doing an amazing song in unison, all the way to like a terrible racist abuse or something. Yeah, on it. And I think what you've got to take into account as well is the cultural differences as well. So I look back earlier in the season, we played uh, Chichester in the FA Cup and they were singing sign on, sign on and we've got no bother with Chichester. We never played them in our history yeah. but that that element that you don't know that's going to happen to the day and the reaction to that, like I'm, I've seen stuff, they were funding for money earlier that, uh, this month, Chichester on Twitter saying they'll fold if they don't have the money and a load of Trammy fans jumped online and it was kind of like, well, you shouldn't have been telling us to sign on to our benefits if you can't afford yeah. it. And like, suddenly this rivalry is created out of absolute, over yeah. one person who's probably going, I'm going to sing that. People have joined in, pack mentality. And before you know it, you've got to have an obscure rivalry between two clubs that have nothing <laughs> to do with each other. So you don't know to the day, no one goes to match going, this is what I'm going to do or what I'm going to say. It's being able to control yourself in those But does it not lead to like, so like um, I don't know if I, did either you see that video of the um, the uh, Arsenal fans singing about Ashley Cole after the FA Cup final? No, they were no, singing. Um, I can't remember the name, what the actual song they were singing to was. It was something like Oh Ashley Cole, he's a Chelsea batty boy. Oh, he's a Chelsea batty uh, boy. Yeah. That's Lily Allen. They that, used that, to yeah, sing. That's it, they that's used to it, sing yeah. Ten Men Went to Bed. Went, went to, to Bed of Ashley. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think I think there is an element of it with. He was literally with Cheryl Cole at the time as well, but there you go. <laughs> but I think like there is an element of it of like because I'm with you. I do think up to a certain point it is just harmless fun, and I think the three of us would see it as I'm just at the match. We, it, it's almost like a tacit agreement between everyone involved. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna shout at you a little bit. And then when you score, you're going to cop your ears and give us a bit of this. And then when we leave, that's it. We're well, all done. We're we'll just on that agreement. I mean, as soon as you go in, there are, there are signs. You can't swear. You can't do this. You can't do that. So that never gets followed. No one ever gets thrown out no, until a certain point. Until someone goes, oh, come on, mate. That's not that's not on that get out. And it's normally you're away. You don't come back yeah. for a little bit. But just on, on, on that awful song, the... There's no place for that. Like I, I think that's just people pushing boundaries. Yeah. But the problem I think you've got wider is that no one really pushes back and says because there's so many of them. Yeah, singing it. No one really goes there's and no holds anyone to yeah. account on it. Well, they came up on my Twitter feed because somebody that I follow quote tweeted it and put like bossed it or something like that. And you know when you're just a bit like and like in the comments and stuff, which is it's always a dangerous place to go. The the, the comments underneath a, a tweet mm. like that, but the comments of it you would expect. You know, if you were being, if you were kind of being generous to Twitter, would be, oh, this is bang out of order. I can't believe this is still crapping up. And it was just people like, ah, you know, like, ah. I think it's because you've got a wide spectrum of people in there. I actually think you see, and it's a credit to a lot of football fans, to be fair. And I'm not just saying it because he's here, but it happened a few years ago when I went to Torquay with Danny. 
fans self policing. Did you go to did you? We went to Torquay, <laughs> nil nil, went down to nine men. And we got there at five to three. three. Yeah, we literally travelled about. Anyway, you see a lot of self policing, <laughs> so I think a Tramia fan made a, a comment which Danny didn't agree with, and he just pulled them up on it, and it, it, it can descend into chaos because you get people back and forth then, but. It was never going to be fisticuffs, fisticuffs. Wow! It was never going to be a fight. Um, but you get that at the game. I've seen it a few times where someone makes a comment and actually people turn around and go, "That's not on that." Mm. Body, body, yeah, boss. So I do think the majority of football fans are decent people. Um, well, I think the majority. I, I would, I would suggest the majority of people in general are decent. People, are generally yeah. decent and don't wouldn't think that that was acceptable. But I, I think. It is, it is difficult because that incident there when when you and I went all the way to Torquay like top fans. <laughs> Torquay, um, <laughs> um, it was it was like he was an older fella yeah. and he said something racist and he said that he didn't think it was racist and it, and it was just it was one of those that I was like no it is so but, just don't say it. But had he been twenty eight and fourteen stone and Stone Island Jacobs or his mates, would I have said something? I don't know. Because it's a different it becomes a completely different thing. That becomes then. Newport away when you didn't. Oh yeah, to, to be fair, Trump. I did do it then as well. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm pro- I, 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 I I think I would like to think that I would always say when someone's being banged out of order. Yeah. But sometimes it it is difficult and I don't think it should be I think that it is good for people to self police, but I don't think it should be incumbent. But I do think there is a certain, as you say, like a pack well, mentality. Well, just to going it. back to to the masculinity part of it, I don't think it's a male. I don't. I'm not convinced it's a completely male trait to to go to the football match and act in that way. Yeah. I think it's probably you, you will pick up certain things you go along in your life as a man, and you've got to work out whether this is actually an educated thing to do, and you've got to try and take your own responsibility on it as well. So. I don't think it's I go to football and act like that I, I, I don't think it is I just think it's kind of learnt behaviour sometimes and I yeah. think you've got to make that effort if you think you're getting into trouble I mean there's some people who like like to do that well, let them let them do that but don't be associated with them you don't want to be associated with them from, from my point of view but I mean as fans I think we can educate everyone and, and particularly on subjects like that and like homophobic abuse and racist abuse fans have to take a bigger that, stand that's, that's like that's, that's the extreme, that's the extreme. Of it, yeah. and, but I just wonder with like the thin end of the wedge I wonder if like you know was going the game and calling the keeper a dickhead because he's taken six seconds rather than four seconds well, to take a goal kick he is, is a dickhead <laughs> all goalkeepers on the other team are dickheads that's a fact no but like is that the thin end of the, we- of the wedge I'm not saying it is but I sometimes do wonder is you know that is the extreme, but what I'm doing here is that not just part of the same. Is that not just well, in the same ether? Well, like you said before, and I think Ryan said as well. When you look back and go, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. If you're starting to do that, just stop saying it, because there's there's no point. I mean, it's like beer fear, isn't it? You wake up the next morning, you go, Oh, oh I'm never God. drinking again. Um, yeah. What have I said to him? Was that funny? I don't know if it was funny. It's normally funny when I'm there. Mm. Sometimes it's not though, and you're like, Oh God, I, I, have I got to send a text here? But it, I think if you, <laughs> it's never good when you've got to send a text on Facebook Messenger because yeah. you don't have to. Have I got a DM then? <laughs> so can you yeah. just follow me so I can <laughs> apologise to you? So I think if you're getting into that situation, I think you've got to monitor it yourself, like you said, self policing before. Do it to yourself as well, and and, and it will be a much happier experience yeah, for you true. if you're not getting into those situations. Like we talked about with Caroline, who said, if this is your only outlet, find another outlet. Yeah, basically. True. Football's under such a microscope though as well that. 
you, you, you think about that day like how many videos have you seen at boxing matches where chairs are being thrown at horse racing where there's been massive fights that whole day is condensed it's alcohol fueled it's highly emotional for 90 minutes you may have travelled on a train all day You've got to, it's like they're not normal circumstances to no, find so, yourself to kind of shift the conversation on then Ryan you, you wanted to talk about kind of connections to, to club and how that might play out in people's sort of societal status yeah I think um People use football clubs now, especially on social media, and I hate that we always revert back to it, but it seems to be where most conversations on football happen. If something good happens to your club, it's a one-uppance on your so-called rivals. If something bad happens to their, straight away you're using it against them. I mean, within, I think, hours of Chelsea releasing the new kit, they had the three badge on there, and I think they conceded three, and it was like three-nil or something like that. Like, straight away, you're, you use, you almost weaponise your club for yeah. your own status, yeah. if that makes sense. And um, you get it all the time where you comment, like, I always see people co- follow other clubs, um, I'm trying to be guilty of it we have a bit of a rivalry with Bolton off of a screen you comment on their club news and like just get into pointless arguments about it and I think on the other hand if we look at like we live on Merseyside Liverpool have been incredible for the re- last few years they're very proud of that they'll, they'll go round and they'll wear their club like a badge of honour and, and rightly so they, they, they've been they've been really good the last few years and I just think that the importance people put on the results and the game and, and, all, and all that comes with it. It, it, it is almost the basis of all the arguments because someone's always got to win, someone's always got to lose. Yeah. Um, so aside from the whole community aspect of it, I do think that we've in a, historically you don't we really ever challenge rival fans on a match day once or twice a season. Yeah, isn't it? Like, and it, I mean, some of it's funny. I mean, again, locally, how many times you see videos of Liverpool fans going to Bramley Dock and going, "Oh, the new stand's nearly built," and there's like a cone out or something. <laughs> it's like every day, it's what ammo can we get on the yeah. opposition? But I find I just find it like, like I can't remember what I was looking at today on Twitter. It was it was it was not that long ago, and I was looking, I was like, I'm just tired. Of this. Yeah, like all there was something I tweeted the other day. I can't remember what it was, and I just said like, "This is just what football is now." But yeah. it doesn't even matter if you. At any good, it's about how much can you have off the other people on the other people's Twitter accounts. I think that's the people like people losing, don't they? Yeah, oh, yeah. particularly more than they like themselves yeah. winning. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's a that's a problem. Proper shouting Freud, and now we yeah. absolutely love it in this country. Yeah, it's it's a weird element to it. But just going back to certainly Liverpool Everton one, Liverpool and Everton have always been known for for having a lot of oh, horrible word banter. Um, so I think when that goes into social media, particularly Twitter. It just you just see it all the time, and the way the way it is around my Twitter as well is you know one like here, one like there, but it, it's every club, mm. and I think it's just you know instead of having these conversations in the pub, you're having them every day on social media. It's like a big message forum, isn't oh, it? Massively. Basically, and they're absolute cesspits, football fans forums. <laughs> they just are. They they just because it's because before we had social media to have these conversations we had football fans forums and after I mean you both know we were on the same Tramia forums if that forum was longer than three pages it was a row by the time it got to oh, page yeah. four it, it people fit, and, and again this goes back to something we discussed before about the fact that I don't think that you can have an actual proper discussion on social media I think it's designed in such a way to, to fool you into thinking you're having a discussion when you're not because it's not it's not a correct medium to do it but I do think with, with football clubs particularly, and, and especially when we talk about mental health, and particularly with fellas as well, and it goes back to that masculinity thing, is that like 
you've got to be seen to be not getting had off. Yeah. You can't be had off. Yeah. And I think that pushes the like extremities of what people are saying to one another. So it, it pushes the boundaries a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further. And I do think football clubs have got some stuff to answer for with it because they perpetuate it as well. How many times do you see like a, a team tweet saying like um, coming coming to Anfield and then Liverpool beat them and they'll be like enjoy your trip home, lol. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like. Why have you tweeted it's, that? It's like, all about it's impressions. Just, it's just and, embarrassing. And, and all things, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I get why people like that. And, and you can see me like, ah. The German clubs it, are pretty big for that, aren't they? Oh, they, they do it all the time, so constantly. And, like, but, and you think, no one's, I mean, do you remember when Sammy went on that run and we won like seven in a row and we ticked them all off on Twitter oh. and we had Macclesfield at home as the next one. And one of us put it in the group and the minute it went in the group, somebody just said, we're going to lose now on Friday. Yeah. Because this, that's just you've literally you've just lost the game. You've just given the other team yeah. the ammunition to beat you, and you've yeah. just put all the pressure on yourself. And it's just typical of what's going to happen. You're just setting yourself up for a fall. But equally, it, a Twitter account maybe be there to interact with the fans and have a bit of fun and all the rest of it. But I just think sometimes I'm just like, oh, this is just boring, man. Yeah, like it's just dra- it's draining to read because it's literally every tweet is like. I'd have had you off. No, I had you off. No, no, but now I've had you off. No, no, I've had you off. Yeah, again. And you just like people actually take it into like following seasons. Oh yeah, it's the next opportunity to have. But it's like going back to the, the people will sit there all night scrolling for a tweet from like twenty sixteen and be like, ah, remember when they said that this thing would happen, and then five years later <laughs> it hasn't. Ah, they can't tell the future, and you're just like, who who is this helping? Like, who is enjoying this? The person who's doing it is clearly weirdly obsessed with that other club the people who you're having a go at who are now having a go back or you can't be having a good time are there nobody's enjoying themselves it's, it's not what it's made for is it it's no. not what it's made for at all I, I, but I, I wonder if it is though that's what I wonder if, if that's what it I has think been it's just new, new ground isn't it that's never been there and we're living it in real time like social media and football when I think 10 years ago yeah now true. they are um, but like you, intrinsically linked as you well, used huh? to just go to the club's website that was it that was your yeah. interaction online with your club but I do think sort of touching back on the masculinity and the, the roles clubs play in communities is I do think for all the stick that football and football clubs can get now that there's less sort of community places for people to go football clubs seem to be picking up a lot of the slack and I think it's something that goes unnoticed so whether it's uh, dementia awareness or it's disability football or whatever it may be it might just be I think Tram you acted as a testing centre for coronavirus they've acted as a food bank these are things you don't associate with football and you don't associate with the sort of the high wages and the glamorous lifestyle yeah. and I do think that there needs to be more maybe from councils more maybe from government to say do you know what if we took every club out of the community tomorrow the world would be a worse place Um and the attachment people have to football clubs. And I do think it's a reason why people are so defensive of the football club because not everyone in your local area supports them. And you can't quite understand that. And I get this. We live on, we live in Birkenhead uh, on the Wirral where 90% of people don't support Tramia, but they'll easily take the piss out of Tramia. And it's so easy to get angry by that and get defensive by it. And I think there are natural boundaries to you, to rivals and, Liverpool and Everton aren't our rivals, the, the streets ahead of us, but we live amongst Liverpool and Everton fans yeah. on a daily basis. And for them to go, Tramia is shit, 
so easy to get your back up and you should probably just ignore it because I don't think genuine Liverpool and Everton fans that I've met would make them comments because they're genuine football fans. No, they normally just ask you about you're just still playing more, for us. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually more interested so I worked in Liverpool for years and the lads there were genuinely interested and some of them come over for games just because I liked them and they wanted experience match day and that you can see how things perpetuate on a, on a local level. It's not all online. It, it is very much... Um, but it is one giant pissing contest, though, isn't it? Like, we've said that before. It is just like, my dick's bigger than your dick, and I'm gonna, it's going to play out through a football team. Yeah, but I, I do... It, it's hard to put into words, really, how important a football club can be unless you ever rely on them or you experience it. Yeah. If you, if you saw somebody now who wasn't interested in football but lived locally and you, and you like, tram is so important to Birkenhead... They'd probably go, how? It's just football. You get like 6,000 people a week. Mm. What's so special? But then if you went, well, actually, they do this, they do that, they do this. And I think that's true for most football clubs. Not often you go to a ground and you don't see some sort of incentive that they're running or some activity that they're doing outside that's not linked back to the community. Mm. And I think people are defensive of them. I mean... But I think I think it's people care about their clubs and I think that's a really positive thing. And I think tying it back into that very first thing that we were talking about, about that kind of fan culture... Is that it does give you a sense of belonging and like you know even just in like uh, like you say there there's like different initiatives and schemes and stuff that the clubs run and, and and it might be your only you know if you're someone who's who's maybe not got a lot of friends or you haven't got a lot of family or you, whatever it might be it might give you somewhere to go to meet people and talk to people and Andy's Man Club which is the episode we've just had out the, earlier this week they've had a lot of involvement in football for that very reason because they see it as a good way of connecting people. I think that the, the difficulty is is that what I'd like to see is for people to just enjoy their enjoy their own team more rather than concentrating on other teams so much, and I think that would just make everybody enjoy it all a little bit better. Like stop concentrating on what everyone else is doing or whatever whatever else isn't doing, and just enjoy either if you know if you want to watch other teams then watch them. That that sound we've all been watching the Champions League the last few weeks. Sammy is certainly winning that, but. Just enjoy your own team. It, it like you see like teams who like got promoted or win something, and they're like, ah, I'm having a go at someone, and you're like, when we got promoted, honestly, I, I think I was drunk for about three weeks and have a clue. I didn't know it what was. My, yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what my own name was by about by about week two. It, it, and I just think, I, I know that was different for us because it was the first time we'd done anything in a long time. But I just think, just enjoy it. Well, I think just, the, that's what they're for. Enjoy the football it. clubs and certainly as being a fan of a, a football team. The normally um, there's always that old story of like you know dad and lad going to match and yeah. I think that as a as a as a young boy that's the first sort of venture out into like the real world really yeah. to be honest so I think that's I think that's still really important and mm. I still think that's I don't know I don't think it's being lost at all I still think it's really important but I think it's um it's one of them where you know you, you kind of can't be be looking at it and going oh. Well, don't go there because you'll just end up like a football movement. So that's not that's not what's going to happen yeah. in life. Um, well, you don't look at life with it, just, my... it involves you with like everyone around you. So my next door neighbour took me to Tramia. It wasn't my dad. It wasn't it wasn't anyone like that. But it took me to Tramia. I still know him. I was you know I was just rushing at his wedding. So it's it's one of them things. It, it just connects you to everyone, and it you know it's one of them things how many we, times does Mike so we go to the, uh, the match with a lad called Mike who yeah. started coming about three years ago didn't he mm. who's he's the relative of someone else that we go with 
he got broke when he was, how old was Michael Stockton? 16? 15. 15, 14, 16. 15, yeah. he's, every time he's drunk now, texts <laughs> us and says, Stockton going to Amherst, the best thing that ever happened to me. I absolutely yeah. love all you lads. I, I think that happens up and down the country. And like, yeah, that won't be a singular event. He, he, Mike, Mike just goes sometimes to the away matches on his bill of ours. He'll just text us and he'll just be in Milton Keynes or yeah. something. So I, I think I think you are right in terms of for 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 fellas and stuff. I think it's a re- it's such a good place for I mean for anybody. Yeah. But I mean just in yeah. terms of the topic then, that we're on. I think it is an important the, place for that. Back to the masculinity aspect of it. Then I think we keep focusing on extremes. How much you couldn't if you remove that aggression. How much would you lose of the product? I oh. think quite a lot. Oh. Because if I sometimes I watch American sports and they're all sitting together and they've got stupid hats on, four liter bottles of Sprite, and come on, Sierra, I'm like, that looks shit. Can we, I want to call can you, someone a brick. Can you have one without the other? Can you have the passion and the, you, and, and you the enjoyment? To, you need to filter the, out the extremism. There's, go, there's always going to, sometimes you feel that tension in the air. You've yeah. been in a match and it just feels moody, but yeah. not in a bad way. Remember when we went to Wrexham a few years ago on a Tuesday night? Oh, it was, and it was like a, a smoky night. We hadn't played them in years. They they were calling us stuff. We were calling them stuff. But it was never felt like it was going to boil over. But it, know, there was one hundred and fifty armed police officers. True, outside. which probably helped. But that's another thing. <laughs> I'll come you, mate. I mean, how much are football fans riled up by how they're treated? I think we spoke about to Nicola Palios about it. I think football fans are pushed into a corner and escorted. Treated like you do not know how to walk to a ground without causing. Yeah, I do think there's a massive element of it. And I think that the straight away they're on the defensive. Well, just going back to you, if you take the aggression out of it, and if you take the, you know, you just have the basic raw product of it as a fan. We spoke about it with uh, open up cricket, didn't we? With Mark and watching a cricket game's a bit different. So there's no, and I know you don't like me talking about cricket, but watching a cricket game's a bit different. So you've got this more of appreciation for players in there and the reason that it gets nervous is yeah I'm supporting England so I'm watching Ben Stokes last year at Headingley which I think when recording this is the anniversary of it I've been watching videos all day haven't been crying um, <laughs> so that's okay <laughs> we're all here on man marking for so, you so you've got this nervousness because you want your team to win but you're not it's kind of and I think it's just because it's been built into the game it's the spirit of the game but you're not a angry or aggressive about it you're not going oh I want him to bowl a terrible ball I I don't I want him to win in a way that's like he's beaten someone because he's too good for him Mm. so that's where the nervousness comes into it and I still think you can have that and when you're talking about American sports and even rugby rugby in in England you can sit together and it's only rugby league where you've got separate stands so rugby in England you can sit together rugby union sorry you can sit together and I don't think you lose anything from it at all and Case in point, if you go to the World Cup final in 2003 and you see the the amount of Englishmen on England, you know, English people in the crowd celebrating when Johnny Wilkinson's uh, drop goal goes in, it just looks like joy. It doesn't look like aggression. There might be, you know, that's just oh, me looking sure, at it. Yeah. There might be some, some in there, but I, I can't. And I think that's just because of the way it's set up. And it probably goes back to what you've just said then is, I think we had this big problem in the 80s where football wasn't loved by the government as no. well. I think, you know, it's a wider discussion for, for a later date probably, but it's just still trying to get away from that moment. Mm-hmm. It's hard I, to shake that tough. image, it's isn't tough. it? It's, yeah. it's a really tough image because it never kind of had that before that period. So you had the, the 70s and 80s where England went away to 
and uh, well, English clubs went away to Europe, and, yeah. and you know things happened. Uh, there's no getting away from that. Things happened. Terrible things. Disasters happened. And I think there was someone who said about the Anglo-Italian Cup, which was basically a, a cup that was made for <laughs> smaller teams in England to go abroad and just have a fight. And then it kind of got took away and it never came back because everyone yeah. went, no, we're not doing that again. <laughs> well, it's like this football without fans. I know we talked on it previously, but if you're talking sheer impact of fans, there was so much talk around intensity, wasn't it? Mm. And I do think there's some games that just get carried by the fans. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, it adds to the, the spectacle enormously. Is, is that, that needle sometimes. Could, makes, you, could makes, you imagine a, a Glasgow derby with our fans? Oh, that'd be ropey. That'd be horrible. It'd just <laughs> be Scottish football. Scottish football. Apologies to all our listeners who are definitely <laughs> Scottish. <laughs> um, I'm going to wrap up the conversation now, lads. We're kind of running out of time. So just want to say thanks for, for joining us this evening, lads. Thanks for your time. Uh, thanks for listening. Our next episode is out on Monday, which will be with Matt Piper, ex-Leicester City, ex-Sunderland player. Come on in, Babs. Come on in, Babs. Come on in, Babs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that'll be out on Monday. You'll find that in all the usual places. As usual, if you do want to get in touch with us, if you want to kind of interact with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at... Marking underscore man and and what is the hashtag? Where's the talking lads? Spot on. Said like a true trooper. So, as I said, thanks for joining us, thanks for listening, and we will see you again on Monday. You've been listening to Man Marking. <laughs>